Vedic Living. I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Aparna Kanokar and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance, and spiritual fulfillment. This week, Aparna presents an overview of Ayurvedic Panchakarma, the most luxurious of all cleanses. And at the end of the podcast, I present an extensive overview of Mrityanjaya Mantra, the main Shiva mantra for good health and, of course, enlightenment. Well, hello, Aparna. Hello, Ben. So, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Today we will talk about Panchakarma, the most luxurious of all cleanses. Ah, isn't it? Panchakarma strikes me as being one of those uh, one of those aspects of Ayurveda that once people start doing, I'm always hearing about friends. Oh, we're going off for Panchakarma, and they yeah. really like it. They come back feeling very, very rejuvenated. Yeah, exactly. You do not starve. You're not uh, miserable. You might be on some days because of all the stuff coming out, but generally it's very luxurious and inwardly focused, soothing, rejuvenative mm-hmm. um, program. Yeah. Well, okay. I have never gone on Panchakarma myself, so today's podcast will be uh, educational for me. So where oh. do we begin? Well, you should do Panchakarma when you're in India. Mm. That would be good. I have a client right now who's in India doing a one-month panchakarma. He's lost 20 pounds already. Wow. Yeah. So panchakarma is done twice a year in spring and in fall. And it is said that one panchakarma will remove at least 65% of all fat-soluble and water-soluble toxins in the physiology. And the toxins can come from food, the air we breathe, the water we drink, our experiences. It's all of it. And um, Panchakarma allows us um, to, you know, doing the Panchakarma is like a great disease prevention program because it's you're flushing out. You're removing from all the different organs and the doshas and the um, tissues, all the toxins that has accumulated over time. So it's a disease prevention program, it's a detoxification program, and it also rejuvenates you on the physical as well as emotional level. And most importantly, it allows us to connect to deeper consciousness by clearing blockages in the chakras and the nadis and shrotas. But it's not a... um, one program for all, you know, it's highly individualized. Um, in the last two months, I've done four panchakarmas. Although the treatments are similar, the kinds of herbs we use and the combination of herbs we use and the treatments we um, give to the person are different. Um, in my education, I've been taught that panchakarma is is a way really first and foremost that it is a, it's a time and a place and a venue for the body and the mind to connect to that deeper consciousness. And when you are able to stay in that deeper consciousness for a long time, long periods of time, that's where true healing occurs. People frequently thank me for how good they feel after treatments. And I always say it has nothing to do with me. I just facilitated the treatment. But the healing occurs when the body-mind can rest on that very, very deep level. 
Right now I'm doing 40 days of Shirodhara for myself. And yesterday I finished two weeks. Shirodhara is the, is the oil? Um... Yeah, the oil streamed on the, on the sixth chakra on the third eye, mm. which also then streams over to the crown chakra before it drains off. But um, I'm doing 40 days of it, and I can't even tell you how much of a difference I feel in my sleep, in my mental makeup. So Shirodhara is a treatment that's done for the mental systems that cover, that govern certain functions of the mind, the brain, the throat chakra, um, how we perceive things, our intuition, all of those. And mine has been depleted for a long time. So, so um, it's sort of a kind of halfway, not halfway, but but a blend of of spiritual and physical purification. Is that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Remember, we always talk about body mind are so intimately linked. So we can't just clean the mind and not clean the body, or we can't just clean the body and leave the mind the way it is, because they they work so much hand in hand that they need to be worked on together, always. Mm-hmm. So um, there are three phases of pancha karma. Pancha means five, and karma means actions. So the first phase is called purva karma. Purva means prior or before, before we do the actual pancha karma. And that is a, a time to prepare for the panchakarma treatments itself. And um, we prepare the tissues in the body and the mind for the cleansing that comes a week later. Typically, we give um, people a, a prescription for eating vast amounts of ghee. Um, and you might wonder, oh my gosh, ghee is a saturated fat. Is this good for you? Well, when you take ghee in this in this almost clinical medicinal way, um, your appetite is suppressed. You don't eat very much. And um, the ghee goes into all the layers of the tissue, and then it loosens up all the ama or the toxins. So that's one of the most important ways that we prepare for the panchakarma. And also dietarily, you know, we remove processed foods, sweets, stimulants, and most dairy and we just eat a very clean diet of steamed vegetables, soups, lentils, basmati rice, uh, fresh fruits, fresh vegetable and fruit juices, things like that. And one of the reasons is that so that we can create this alkaline environment in the body which supports the detox that's coming the following week. Also, um, the three phases of panchakarma requires about three weeks. So one week of the Purva Karma and one week of the Pancha Karma. And then the last week, which is called the Paschat Karma, which is when we do the rejuvenation, we ask that people, as much as they can, just slow down their activity, spend more time meditating and resting, writing, go on hikes, spend more time in nature, um, continue with the yoga practice and the pranayama. A um, lot of things come up for people, anger, and um, sadness, whatever needs to come up and out will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good thing. And often people get very afraid of it, but a, a panchakarma cleanse is not just about um, doing enemas and cleaning your colon like a colonic. This is a cleanse on every level. It allows you to get rid of things you do not need anymore on all levels, on the mental level, on the emotional level, spiritually, physically, 
Um, during the Purva Karma, most people go to work. Their life continues as normal. They just eat a very restricted diet. And during the Pancha Karma, we usually ask people not to work. Just be restful. So um, we, we administer oil in the nose. That's called Nasya, and that's really good for the mind and for the sinuses and for just allowing your whole, the head region to function better. So Nasya, I personally on my clients, I use Brahmi ghee. Brahmi is the herb that allows you to become like a Brahmin. Um, it's a very high vibration herb that's cooked into the ghee for, for hours. So um, the essence of the Brahmi is absorbed into the ghee. And then we administer several drops of that into the nose. I also do a treatment called Karna. Karna is administering warm oil into the ears. Again, very vata pacifying and rejuvenating to the mind. And there is also um, Virechana. Virechana is a purgative treatment where you, um, on the last day of eating of your ghee during your Purva Karma, you uh, will take some castor oil and have several bowel movements, and this removes um, a lot of the pitta in the small intestine and liver and gallbladder. It's wonderful for people with um, pitta issues, pitta disorders. And then there's the emesis, which is uh, uh, vomiting, induced vomiting. Not practiced too much because, um, not my teacher at least, because... Um, Sometimes it could go into the lungs and cause infections and problems like that. Mm. And then there's rakta moksha or bloodletting, which is not practiced at all in the U.S., but it is in the, in, done in India. And rakta moksha is done with, uh, I believe, with leeches. They mm. attach just to your back or some, I think it's your upper back. In the, and basically, um, rakta moksha is a good way of detoxing the blood. By removing some of the blood, your blood and your... I believe even your plasma gets cleaned out. I know Demi Moore, if I'm correct, one of these celebrity actresses does the bloodletting with leeches, and she actually has them put her the leeches in her belly button. Ooh, <laughs> I know. So all of the and then we have the basti, which is very very important because 80% of all diseases begin, more than 80% of all diseases begin in the colon. So we do the um, we do what are called bustis or medicated enemas. So we do an oil busti, which is a small one that's retained overnight. It's small enough that you won't need to evacuate the bowels. And then the following day we do an herbalized water enema. So that's the herbs are cooked into the water, and that's a larger enema which you don't retain. You just evacuate ten minutes later. Mm. And then the following day we. Again, irrigate the, the colon with oil and then another herbalized water basti. And unlike colonics where they simply flush the colon and intestines with large amounts of water, we don't do that in Ayurveda because we want to protect the good bacteria that's in the colon, which is necessary for proper functioning. And also flushing it with so much water is very um, drying on the colon, which then worsens your vata issues. So that's why we do the oil, water, oil, water, and ending with oil. 
And um, an oil enema, small, a small one, is one of the best ways to pacify vata because the seat of vata is the colon, and when we oleate the colon, it helps bring the 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 natural balance to vata in the colon, and everybody feels good. Everybody mm-hmm. who's done it. Um, and then we have also the steam treatments, shvedhana, and um, you can do it with just water. You can boil the water and administer the steam. I do the herbalized steam, um, depending on the person's issues. And that's very luxurious also. So first you get a full body abhyanga, which is a full body oil treatment, followed by the shvedhana, which is steam, which allows the cleansing of the, the whole skin. And as we know, the skin is the largest organ in the body, so that needs to be cleansed. And then followed by that is um, Nasya and Karna. And then Shirodhara, which we should talk about. Um, I do a lot of Shirodhara treatments in Santa Barbara. Um, It's a very wonderful treatment for the mind and the nervous system. Um, Basically, for about 45 minutes, warm oil is, is poured in certain sequences on your forehead which then drains down into a bowl and it's maintained warm and then we use it again and again for 45 minutes. And it is truly one of the greatest treatments of Ayurveda next to pizzi chili, which um, I have not done in a while, but pizzi chili is where you're practically naked but you're covered with a like a loincloth. Mm-hmm. Um, and two technicians do this. They pour warm oil on your body while running their hand along the start of the feet and they go all the way to the top of your body down to your fingers and this is done for an hour and that is the most I would say the signature Ayurvedic treatment most luxurious also one of the most expensive because we use vast amounts of oil <laughs> and, and when, I, when I received it I, I felt that I was in the womb it was so soothing and nourishing and nurturing and I was flipping and sliding on the table because there was so much oil everywhere. Mm. I needed two people to help me roll over. <laughs> I was that oily. <laughs> but um, so those are those are some of the treatments. And for some people with really deep vata issues, we also do what's called a hot sand treatment, where we fill cloth uh, pieces of cloth with hot sand and tie them up into these little balls and heat them for an hour or so. And we rub it on the body, and um, that goes deep into the tissues, into the bones, and it melts some of the ama, but also deeply rejuvenates the vata problems that people have. And then for those with too much pitta, we have a yogurt skin treatment where we take some um, whole milk yogurt, mix in different herbs, rose petals, mint, um, and then after the oil abhyanga, we apply the, the yogurt all over the body and massage it in just like the abhyanga. And it is an amazing treatment. You feel wonderful. And um, you also have the, the cooling of the body very quickly from the yogurt and the cooling herbs. So needless to say, you know, you feel very good because every day you're receiving at least three hours of treatments. 
So most people opt for three to five days of treatments. You can also do it for nine days. And as I said, one of my clients is in India right now doing a one-month panchakarma. And um, the diet continues, the very much the alkaline diet, the fresh fruit and, um, you know, the quinoa and rice and dal. And there are very, there are very clear prescriptions on what not to eat during panchakarma. Mm-hmm. And then there's Paschat Karma, which is the rejuvenation. And the same diet continues from the Purva Karma. And slowly we begin reintroducing foods from our original diet, hopefully cleaner now. Certain herbs are prescribed, Rasayanas, you know, like Chavan Prash or Amrit Kalash, um, Mm -hmm. or different herbs, you know, women with reproductive problems will start taking some of those herbs things like that. And, you know, some emotional issues might come up at this time, and but mostly profound healing occurs at this time because now your body has cleansed and now it's integrating the experience of that deep rest and relaxation and, you know, balancing of the nervous system and the mind and the physiology. So it's very well worth the money. You know, you can go, you can spend up to $10,000 doing one panchakarma um, I charge twelve hundred dollars for panchakarma, well, which I, takes how long? That's the three days of treatments. Mm, mm, mm. But I also support them with the, you know, the prep, the purva karma as well as the paschat karma. Right. And I now isn't isn't I, there there are a lot of uh, Ayurvedic facilities um, um, in India, mostly in uh, Kerala. Isn't that the center of Ayurveda? Yeah, it is one of the centers of Ayurveda, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are many wonderful Ayurvedic centers in India where you stay on the premises and they take care of everything for you. Mm-hmm. The food, the herbs, the treatments. You have nothing to do other than to just receive and, well, and throw up and all of that. <laughs> yeah, my sister, my sister does it. My mother does Panchakarma three times a year in India. Really? Yeah. My sister is in India right now. I think she's going to do a panchakarma. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, culturally, is it something that a lot of people do in India? Or is this no. one of those Western, you know, like yoga? You know, everybody here in the West is into it and then... Yeah, it's know, becoming you... more popular, you know. Because, see, when when the British came to India 350 or 400 years ago, there were 100 Ayurveda colleges. Mm-hmm. And when they left in 1947, only 10 remained. Because they they shut them down thinking that it was all witchcraft and hocus pocus. Mm -hmm. And so the Indian people over generations sort of came to believe that Western medicine is better. But now I'm going to say that there's a resurgence of interest in Ayurveda and understanding the depth of this healing, you know. Mm -hmm. Ayurveda has cures for nearly every disease. But we have to catch it early enough. You can't go at the very last stage of a disease and beg to be healed. And that's known to happen for some people, spontaneous healing, you know. No, but, you know, we in our previous podcast, uh, we were talking about how uh, Western medicine is, you know, very targeted and uh, uh, Ayurveda is more, you know, more hol- holistic and yeah. it seems to uh, be based mo- much more on uh, prevention and and good exactly. maintenance of health as opposed yeah. to you know crisis management if you will yes 
And that's where the wealth of the West comes in, is for crisis management, life-saving, emergencies, horrible accidents, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But for, for pre- disease prevention, Panchakarma is the way to go. And other, you know, other Ayurveda, Ayurvedic things that you can do for prevention. Mm-hmm. But Panchakarma is traditionally done twice a year as a preventative measure. Interesting. Yes. Is there anything uh, from the Panchakarma routine that uh, people can do or integrate into their daily uh, routine? Um, I suppose the uh, Abhyanga would be part of that, right? Yeah, Abhyanga would be part of it. And also, once a month or every few weeks, going on a Kichri diet for three days is mm-hmm. a very wonderful um, habit to form. Uh, because it allows your body to come into this wonderful place of rest for the digestive system and you rejuvenate. You know, you allow you allow it the space and time to recuperate. So that's another thing because that's kind of the diet we practice for nearly three weeks during Panchakarma. And yes, an Abhyanga is a great thing to do. I, I The last Panchakarma I did was, an, was on a 56-year-old woman who would come here for Abhyangas every day and then go home and do another one. Oh, wow. She really was dedicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can continue taking herbs like Trifala and Amalaki and other herbs depending on your doshik, you know, doshik imbalances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, of course, the, um, uh, the mantra that's associated with health is uh, uh, Jaya. Um, it's a, a mantra for Shiva and it has a great story that goes with it. Um, Mrityanjaya literally means victory over death, but um, I have seen this mantra do such amazing things uh, for people. Uh, it, so I consider it to be uh, a, an all-purpose mantra when it has to do with, with health. Uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's very settling, it's very soothing, it has the same kind of uh, sort of integrated mind-body influence that you're describing with panchakarma. So the two would go uh, would go together very very well. I agree. Uh, and and jaya is not necessarily done when a person is already you know uh, seriously ill or making the transition you know out of this world. Um, it can be something that you can do. Uh, to establish greater uh, peacefulness in your own awareness, and uh, so it's 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 very very useful. And um, uh, so the mantra is Tuyambakam uh, Yajamahe uh, Sugandhim Pushti Vartanam Urvaru Kamivarvantanan Mrityor Mukshiyamamrita Ate. And uh, what a great uh, what a great gift that mantra is. And so uh, we're going to conclude our conversation here, and then I'm going to record a little bit more of an analysis uh, of, the, of each word in the mantra. I'll do that separately, and then give people some ideas of ways that, uh, that they can make use of it. The Mahamrityanjaya Mantra is one that comes from the uh, Rig Veda. It's also found in the Yajurveda. In Rig Veda, it's in uh, the seventh mandala and 59th chapter. And in Yajurveda, it's in the third mandala and 60th chapter. Uh, the, 
uh, mantra itself is Triambakam Yajamahe Sugantim Pushtivartanam Urvaru Kamivarbantanan Mrityor Mukshi Yamamrita'at So this mantra, which is not uh, very long, it's not very complicated, it's pretty easy to learn, has uh, very good effects both in terms of uh, our awareness and giving a degree of uh, peacefulness and peace of mind, but it's also very good for health. Uh, it was given uh, originally to uh, Shukracharya, who is uh, Venus in astrology. Uh, he had done uh, some big, uh, big penance, and Lord Shiva taught this Mrityunjaya mantra. Mrityu is death, and Jaya is victory. So it's victory over, uh, over death. And then it was also given uh, to Vasishta, uh, Vasishta Rishi for the welfare of, uh, of the world. And uh, Shukracharya uh, also gave this uh, uh, explanation of its effects and how it's to be used to the Rishi Dadicha. Uh, and the uh, Rishi Dadichi was... Uh, very generous. He had achieved a very high level of enlightenment and was virtually immortal, but the gods came to him at one time and said, uh, the only way that we can defeat the demons is to use your bones in order to make weapons. And so Dadichi sacrificed himself uh, to allow the, the gods to be victorious and uh, to defeat the demons. And Dadichi and Chukracharya uh, it uh, did the first puja at one of the temples that we use in Kanchipuram. It's one of the one of the my favorite uh, uh, Shiva temples. So there's a very uh, close connection uh, between this Mrityunjaya mantra and uh, uh, Shukracharya, Dadichi, and also our Pujanet program. Triambakam Yajamahe. Uh, Triambakam. Uh, Triambaka, Lord Triambaka is Shiva uh, and the the tree uh, in that word uh, means three and it can mean three worlds uh, Bhu, Bhuva and Svarga uh, it can be the three gunas, Sattva, Rajas Tamas, uh, or it can be interpreted as referring to the three eyed one as Shiva has two normal eyes and one spiritual eye Sugantim Pushtivardhanam. Uh, Sugantim is fragrance. So Shiva is referred to as being fragrant. And this is also generally considered to be fragrant as being attractive in a spiritual sense. Uh, Pushtivardhanam is the father, the father of all. So uh, to begin with, we say, you know, we sing the praise of Lord Triambaka the fragrant one who is the father of our. Urvara kamiva bantanan. Urva can mean big or deadly, and arukam can mean disease. Uh, bantanam means to be bound to. So one, one meaning or one translation can be, uh, I am bound down by deadly and overpowering disease. Uh, another translation uses uvarukam, to mean cucumber. And so the translation becomes uh, release me from bondage 
bantanan, the same easy way that one picks a ripe cucumber. Mrityor mukshiya mamritat. Mrityor mukshiya means to deliver from death, mrityor, and then mukshiya, remember moksha, uh, liberation. So liberate me from the grip of death. And so that has both a an immediate sense, you know, if you're sick now, but in the larger sense of being liberated from the cycle of death and, re- and rebirth. So mamritat means amrita, give me some amrita, uh, free me from the cycle of birth and death. Triyambakam yajamahe sugandhim pushtivartanam urvarukamivabantanan mrityor mukshiya mamritat. This is a great mantra to do with mantra japa. It's not terribly long, and so you can complete 108 repetitions of the mantra in 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, certainly, when you're uh, not feeling well, uh, this is a good uh, good mantra to uh, do for yourself. It can also be uh, done as a mantra for others. So if a member of your family is uh, ill, uh, all you need to do is have the intention that the effect of this be directed towards them. And the mantra can be surprisingly uh, effective. And then, of course, from a spiritual standpoint, it's a really wonderful mantra just, just for Shiva. So you can do this as a part of your normal spiritual practices, normal uh, mantra japa, or you can do it as a, uh, as a routine, uh, like a 40-day mantra discipline, where, for example, you would uh, do 108 repetitions a day for each of 40 days. And you will definitely notice some very positive effects from that kind of practice. So that's a quick look at uh, Mrityanjaya Mantra.